Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And uh, this is a convention coverage episode. Yeah, um, surprise. Surprise. Doing... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I I was actually quite, um, quite happy. Uh, this is, I guess, the first con quotation marks you can't really see because we're you know podcasting. yeah it's an audio medium <laughs> yeah but um it, you know i love cons um yeah. i enjoy them i love the energy i love interacting with people um so with everything that's happening in the world um this definitely uh gave me joy um i'm not sure um Marie Kondo would let you keep it in your closet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> this definitely scratched an itch that um, I needed a scratch. And um, I'm glad that we covered it. I definitely. Yeah. Am. And the, the convention that we're covering is the uh, first ever uh, Adult Swim Con. Uh, or at least first ever online Adult yeah, Swim Con. Yeah, digital con. They've had a couple of... Um, like live meetups but they've mainly been in california and they've mainly been like music festivals and mm -hmm. stand-up comedy thing because a lot of their voice actors are, are stand-up comedians yeah um but yeah so this this will go up this monday um kind of out of sync with our other episodes just because it was this past weekend uh, july 23rd through 25th which is mm -hmm. weird i kind of appreciate the schedule just because i'm not working so like having something to do on thursday was good <laughs> yeah and um when we get into it i'll definitely talk about the scheduling because you know i am still working so exactly i really wasn't able to get to a lot of the events on thursday yeah um and mainly because a lot of their events were like either during the day around like five or like late at night yeah yeah. Now, um, the the interesting thing with this convention is, you know, they could theoretically have as many attendees as the servers would allow. Um, I noticed on, on Twitch, at least because it was mainly streamed via Twitch, there were a couple of sections that you had to have um, hardline uh, TV for. Um, mm -hmm. Or and I know you mentioned something on Instagram. Yeah, they did have a couple of things on Instagram, um, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and at least the sections I watched, because you know, like everything, we didn't cover everything uh, that was possible, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But the um, the viewership for the things that I watched was between fourteen hundred and thirty five hundred. People. Yeah, which was, I mean, I don't know what their numbers were when they were doing it live, but that's pretty good numbers for like Twitch viewership and everything. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, hell, I, I would kill to have 3,500 people watching me play my <laughs> dumb Tomb Raider games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I figure because, uh, you know, it was all digital, there, there were only like three or four things per day, mainly. Um, I, I say we just start it Thursday and work our way through to saturday sure yeah um again like i mentioned i really wasn't able to do much on thursday sure. um so it's interesting because you know when you think of cons you think of like panels all day long like every mm -hmm. day all day but the way that um they had their stuff set up was there was a lot of um in between time like i noticed that um they would kind of start around like 
five. And I know that Thursday had about like four panels. I believe Friday had three and then Saturday had two. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you quote unquote panels. Um, one of them was like a DJ set, but yeah, like they had like three or four things every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of, um, interesting just because, yeah. you know, it wasn't as big as you would think it would be. Um, but yeah, I felt like they front loaded a lot of their, um, panels on Thursday, which is kind of an interesting strategy. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely more things that caught my attention on Thursday, but I'm I'm also an old fart, and I, I to be honest, I I can't remember the last time I watched something Adult Swim that was not at like a convention. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I feel like mainly they because of the nature of what it is that they could just kind of put wherever or whatever they wanted wherever they wanted time wise, just because mm-hmm. someone's going to watch it. Someone out there is going to be able to watch it. Yeah, there'll be a fan um, out there somewhere, and I'm I'm sure that that on uh twitch that you can go back and rewatch things you missed if you felt the need to um um actually i tried looking at their um you know their archives and stuff like that and um and they don't the have it at time up? of this recording i did not see anything oh wow okay because I, I mean like whenever i someday I so you know uh, yeah i mean it may not might, have been yeah. yeah they might be in the process of like putting it out i'm not sure yeah yeah but um yeah it, at least as uh, as far as the the panels on thursday went like you said i feel like they front loaded a lot of content rather than mm-hmm. and it could just be that's how people's schedules worked out yeah um, um because they did have some um famous like i guess voice actors and stuff like that uh yeah, yeah they're basically doing q a and stuff like that yeah yeah now um the the first panel um like you said was uh look who's balkan um it was robot chicken live mm-hmm. um so sally skinner i'm not familiar with her but she was the moderator um i'm sure she works it because because she uh actually moderated the um uh cosplay oh cool okay um, yeah but but uh the the panel was uh seth green obviously mm-hmm. i mean it'd, it'd be difficult to have robot chicken without seth green mm-hmm. um brecken meyer who's one one of the more senior writers i think uh and he does a lot of voice work um donald Faison, uh who is most people will know him as turk from scrubs but he does a lot of voices with uh with robot chicken uh katie sackoff who i know as either uh starbuck from Mm -hmm. the battlestar galactica reboot or she was on this show have you ever seen um longmire no no it's so it's it's a dumb cop procedural but it's it's uh it's set in the middle of like wyoming or wherever um just lots of very very pretty scenery really Hmm. uh and she plays a uh like a a deputy on there yeah um yeah vic on that um but sorry i had to open up wikipedia to get that i don't know why the name was not coming to me (laughs) um 
even especially since it's not relevant to what we're actually talking about. Um, <laughs> and then the the last person was a guy named Matt Senreich, who is a co-producer, co-creator with Seth Green of Robot Chicken. Um, it it was funny to see, especially with with the everyone streaming from home. Yeah, the different setups that people had. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's... because like I I know with. With uh, earlier this year, my wife was watching um, Homecon, mm-hmm. um, and I, I watched a couple panels with her through through that with the panels that were interesting and uh, or interesting to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's funny to see people just kind of like set up in their living, like obviously in their living room, or like uh, Donald Faison was streaming from his closet <laughs> because yeah. it's actually will a closet's actually a really good place to record. It is. I'm recording in the bedroom right now because it's pretty insulated. Yeah. Um. um one of the uh, well, one of the panels on Friday, somebody was streaming from their closet too. Yeah. <laughs> but they had their Emmy with them. Oh yeah, I'll 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 talk about that. <laughs> yeah, when we get there, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, no, it was just funny to see everyone. So you know, Seth Green had his Zoom background, I guess, set up to the uh, the robot chicken lab. Mm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, apparently they're in season ten now. Like they were celebrating that Sunday would be the premiere of their tenth season. Oh wow. Um, which makes me feel real old because i remember that coming on i think i was in college before it came in on um back in oh five they they were saying oh five i guess they've they've taken some some years off in between uh, sure. or maybe it's an 18 month long production yeah. um mainly it consisted of uh kind of kind of a clip show where they would show shorter like sketches and stuff and then they would comment on them they would answer questions um okay so like one of the things they showed was the do you do you remember the gummy bear sketch it's one of the earlier sketches it's so it's a it's a little gummy bear walking through the forest and it steps on a bear trap and it lets out a piercing shriek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people who may not be aware, there's this awesome show called Buffy that Seth Green was on. (laughs) Um, and one of his, uh, co-stars was, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg. And she apparently is the person who does the gummy bear scream because one of the talents that he discovered she had on set was a really good, like, horror movie scream. Mm. (laughs) He's like, okay. And, and, uh, the Brecken Meyer was like, yeah, I remember when we were recording that, um, she had to stand like five or six feet back from the (laughs) microphone (laughs) just because otherwise it would just blow out the sound waves. Nice. Um, they did the the bitch pudding sketch. I don't know if you remember that. It, she's mm-hmm. the the alternate character that they've created for uh, the Strawberry Shortcake universe. Oh, okay. Um, they uh, so they 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 took some questions from from like the chat. I guess they were they were screening people who were act- actually asking serious questions because it's Twitch and there's a million questions coming in at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, comments rather. <laughs> well, it's nice because Twitch also has this ability where, um, when you're watching, you can accumulate like currency 
and they had um, gold coins as uh, their currency. So I saw there were a lot of streams where you could, um, I guess, cash in that currency to highlight your, uh, basically your comment. And a lot of people uh, okay. would use that to um, answer questions. Well, so uh, um, a couple of the, the questions that were really interesting to me, the, the answers um, interested me in some way, was uh, someone asked if they have to source uh, a lot of their figures and stuff. Hmm. Um, and That is interesting. Senreich was saying that in the early days they used, like in, in the first and second season, they mainly used real toys. Yeah. Um, the problem with doing that, though, since they've become popular, is people will jack up the prices because, you know, shops know who is shopping for what show. Yeah. Um, and then two is that toys are not made to be stop motion tools so they break very easily yeah. in some positions they put them in um so they actually 3d print a lot of their figures now oh that's cool um and yeah the uh, seth green was was saying that that uh, each anime the reason it, it takes so long for them to put out seasons of the show is you know the, between 3d printing all of the figures and getting them set up and, and all that um basically animators can animate eight to ten seconds of an episode per day per animator oh wow Jeez. that is a huge because i mean yeah. you know, it's uh for for television i think it's 24 frames a second with high def it's probably higher but mm -hmm. um yeah like that that's an insane amount like that's 350 frames that they're having to like stop take a picture move it a little bit more stop take a picture <laughs> yeah um yeah, it, it's that's an insane amount of of uh, effort for time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So um, you know that they really, uh, you know, have a passion for their job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They um, now a couple of the other sketches that they um, they aired were the uh, the aluminum falcon sketch, which um, I don't know if you remember that one. It's I uh, really didn't watch that much. Uh... Oh, you didn't? No, I, I watched. Oh, like, okay. So, yeah, when you keep on asking me if I've seen that sketch, I'm like, mm. oh, you never watched. Okay, gotcha. I mean, yeah, I, no, so... I did watch it at like the very beginning ish. Um, you know, I know of the concept and I know yeah. like what they do and everything, but like a lot of the older stuff, I just, you know, I'm not too familiar with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so so one of the things, and this is the last thing I have on this panel, um, is is uh, it, it was funny that they had them to to me at least. I'm imagining some higher up at at I think AT and T owns uh, Adult Swim now, but um, it was funny to me. I I think maybe a, a higher up suits decision was uh, okay. Now you got to watch your language because we can't guarantee who's watching this. Really? And yeah, well, because and, I and saw so, a lot of people cursing. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, the panelists like they mentioned in a, a couple times in the panel. They're like, "Can we say this?" Or <laughs> like, because they had obviously been coached to like watch their language or whatever. Hmm. Um, but then they would, you know 
because of the content matter of the show, like one of the sketches they aired is called Bitch Pudding. Um, yeah. The Rick and Morty people, I think, on, on uh, Friday just didn't. Yeah, like, I don't think they cared. Like, they just because... did not. Well, it's That's... it's like the number one show on their network, and so they can get away with, with skirting that, I think. Whereas Robot yeah. Chicken, I they probably had to adhere a little bit more. But one of the people asked um, if they had any sketches that were too offensive to air or that have never been aired. Hmm. Um, and um, there was one that uh, Donald Faison, like his reaction was like, I know exactly which one uh, they're going to share. I, I wouldn't do it. I would not even describe it. Uh, it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the writer uh, Brecken Meyer was saying that he actually has the standards and practices uh, refusal to air framed on his wall, yeah. um, because the 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 a standard and practice note um, basically outlines exactly why you can't say something, and so for something as disgusting as what he has, it's hilarious mm -hmm. on the wall because the standards and practice notice, according to him says, uh, yeah, we can't air this episode because, uh, you have a rabbit sexually assaulting a child and defecating into his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently his reaction to Seth green was, well, at least they got it, <laughs> uh. which I, yeah, like they, they, he went into detail describing this, and it's like, yeah, it's funny that you have that note framed on your wall, but yeah, hmm. I don't know how funny that actual sketch would be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, all, all in all, I, I feel like the panelists all had a lot of, uh, you know, good chemistry, um, obviously, you know had fun doing what they're doing yeah um, it's the the 10th or yeah 10th season of them doing it 15th year so um yeah i mean that that was pretty much that panel um did you because i know it aired a little bit later at night were you able to see the second one or did you see anything on, on thursday i didn't see anything on thursday gotcha okay well yeah, so just with um, work and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they uh, the the thing that followed that directly was a thing called YOLO Crystal Fantasy presents Flying Lotus Fantasy DJ set. Hmm. Um, okay. So they aired this like I want to say maybe five to ten minute cartoon uh, called YOLO Crystal Fantasy uh, before and after the DJ set. Um, it's a weird cartoon. It's kind of like, like it gave me Adventure Time vibes, but yeah. it happens in our everyday world. But like yeah. the characters are attending this birthday party at this place that looks like Sauron's castle. Uh, one of them gets sidetracked into hell because she's the plus one. Like it's it's very 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 weird. Yeah, um, yeah. it sounds strange. There's a there's a neckbeard character in there that is hilarious and monstrous. Um, Okay. As far as the DJ set goes, I'm not usually a fan of Flying Lotus. Like, I've I mean, I can tell him before. <laughs> yeah, so he's a um, he's he's like a uh, I don't know how to describe him other than like a like a an electronica DJ, but he he's kind of niche in that he makes 
less like beats and things and more like soundscapes. Like it's more like he's composing a field huh. or now, like, a, like, a, like a thing for the dance floor. Okay. Uh, now his stuff, his set probably to, to kind of go with the theme and the weirdness of the cartoon had this very like, like sixties French new wave mixed with like John, John Carpenter vibe like it was very synth heavy hmm. now <laughs> um, i really liked it though like normally i'm not a, a flylo fan but yeah now when they're doing the dj set like is it like are people like where are they showing are they just showing him spinning or are they showing, showing him... him spinning but they're also like they're intercutting it like they it looks like they had probably three or four cameras on him in his setup mm-hmm. and they would do kind of like like psychedelic film intercuts where like they'll take the images from one camera and like put it on a sine wave so it looks weird and then put it on top of his uh another camera shot where he's at and then like fade that one out into the background mm-hmm. um and what were people yeah, was a lot of really tripping like because i know that um you know with the dances and stuff like i always enjoy the dances at cons because you know it's yeah. a well one i enjoy dancing i love dancing <laughs> um and two it's you know it's a good interaction with just like people and stuff like that like yeah i just was the chat like getting into it or yeah i mean the chat was pretty into it um no but because it was a dj set like i was doing some other stuff on my computer so like i had that window closed or not Mm -hmm. closed but to the side so i could still hear it because like after five or ten minutes of watching i was like okay i i know what they're going to do for the rest of the set um like I, so I was just listening to the music in the background. Um, it, it, chill wave, I think, is the best way to describe it now. Hmm. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, no, it was very productive. I got a lot of work done on this game that I'm I'm writing. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was just wondering, like, you know, again, it's it's a a thing where. <laughs> when you're at a dance you're sort of just interacting with like people and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. i wonder how the interaction felt because again when i alluded to this was something um you know i really enjoyed it was a itch that i was able to scratch um it did feel a little um separated though like you people weren't really interacting with each other they were definitely interacting with like the panelists and you know things along those lines and maybe it's just like the twitch platform or something along those lines but yeah it's it was just hard to sort of like see the participants kind of interacting with each other there was a lot of um you know a lot of just kind of like not trolly stuff but there were some like interesting weird things but um i I just i didn't see much where people were like talking with each other which kind of i don't know disappointed a little bit yeah yeah i mean i don't know given given the audience um <clears throat> i can see a lot of like trolley behavior like not to paint everyone with the same brush but i can see a lot of a lot of that and the the types of people that that would largely be interacting on this um 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I just tended to not watch the chat. Like I would look over every now and then, but like. But doesn't that just... kind of separate you a little bit from like the con? I mean, uh... because I know, at least personally for me, you know, it's the interaction with like everybody at the con um, that also, you know, makes me feel. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, I miss interacting people with people like face to face at a con, but like for something like this, eh, I mean, okay, lar largely like nah, it, it didn't really affect my enjoyment of it. Um, I will say one of the things that I did like about this is that they managed to get the feel of an actual con just by mixing up the types of content they were delivering, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you go to a panel, you go to a video room, then you go into the, the DJ party, then you go to another panel. <laughs> like, it kind of mimics a flow of what, what you'd normally be doing in a con. So I did enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt like there was a little bit of separation between, like, people at the con. Because, like... That's why you're kind of going to a con is because you all have like the same interest in a particular topic, media right. thing along those lines. So, you know, you're going to like get information and, you know, ask your questions and listen to music that you enjoy. But you're able to do that with like people who enjoy the same things that you enjoy. And that's definitely something that like, I enjoy, I crave, I, um, you know, I look forward to when I go to a con. Right. So that was definitely absent in here. And, you know, um, and I'll get to one of the, um, the, the panels that I went to that I think really helped out. Well, I'll, I'll just talk about it right now. Um, okay. so on Friday, um, I went to the, um, the later panel for Samurai Jack. I don't know if you went to that panel. I did not watch that one because I am okay. not, I never really watched Samurai Jack. Okay. So um, I've watched the older seasons of Samurai Jack back okay. when it came out in, with like Dexter's Lab. Um, it was around like 1996 or seven. Yeah. Um, but they're releasing a game. Um, Adult or Cartoon Network Adult Swim is releasing a new Samurai Jack game. So in conjunction with that, they decided that they were going to have like a panel with the um, creator of Samurai Jack and a moderator. But right. the great thing was, so um, with this panel, they did a first a pre-taped like introduction mm -hmm. where they showed you like gameplay and they had the uh, voice of Aku, which is like the big mm -hmm. bad in Samurai Jack playing the game like you know playing the game and stuff like that and doing oh, this a cool voice and stuff which was um you know it was it was fun sort of watching that pre-tape thing but then when they got into the whole interview where the moderator was basically interviewing um the creator of samurai jack they said that the voice actor of aku was in chat so people were talking to and he, his username was called new aku so people were like asking their questions to a coup and like talking to a coup and oh, he was like cool. in character and stuff. 
So that was really awesome. That really like made my day because like people were talking about like, oh, a coup, like what's the health benefits for your minions? And this voice actor was just like playing it up. He was just like, he was in character. He was like (laughs) typing just like a coup and everything like that. So, you know, maybe... I, I would hope that it was the actual voice actor who was, you know, on the uh, account and everything like that. But whoever was on that account really had that interaction with these fans. And it was so funny because like, yeah, I was enjoying the interview and it was cool sort of like hearing the creator of Samurai Jack talk about like his inspirations and like his other projects because he also did Dexter's Lab and he's done um, Primal, which is currently on um, Adult Swim. Primal but, is so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it was so fun just kind of like interacting with Aku in chat and stuff. Like people were asking like, oh, like if you were a Disney villain, which Disney villain would you be? And, <laughs> um, and, and he, like the person who was on the account was just like, really wasn't breaking character um and was just playing like as a coup and like that was kind of the highlight of my of the con for me right there was that panel um just because yeah just because well now i feel bad that i missed it (laughs) (laughs) well i mean again like i really enjoyed samurai jack uh you know yeah it was really cool sort of like uh the voice actor of um samurai jack i'm blanking on his name right now is fantastic um, the music, like the hip hop sort of like beats that they have in Samurai Jack yeah. um, was really cool. I love, um, you know, music in my uh, anime and my animation. Um, it's chocolate and peanut butter, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just, I love that sort of like that um, samurai like uh, culture. And it's just like... And it's so funny, like, they have a lot of, like, interesting um, jokes, and they balance, like, Samurai Jack really balances um, humor with seriousness, with, like, great storytelling, and it's a reason that, you know, it went for five seasons, and then they brought it back for, like, a fifth, or for a sixth season, um, because it was on, in hiatus for, like, quite a few years until the fans just you know clamored and wanted you know i did know that that they brought it back for like a final yeah and it was interesting in the um in the interview they were talking about like if they would ever do a live action sort of movie and um the um creator basically mentioned like yeah sony has approached me a couple of times and stuff like that and it's kind of gone through um, all sorts of like preliminary stuff, but nothing's ever really met my criteria because he's right. very particular. Like this is his baby and everything like that. And, oh, you know, sure. it's, it's very stylized and everything. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, Sony was kind of like trying to water it down a little bit. And he's like, no, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it in my vision. So unfortunately, nothing's come from it but there has yeah, been talk i could see it um being difficult to translate that to live action just it, just it's because, very stylized yeah well the stylization but i feel like it also would have the problem with like a lot of fantasy movies like 
that get adapted for live action mm-hmm. is that everyone kind of looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, because he was saying that he wanted to do it a as a very traditional like samurai movie, sort of like you know, the yeah, last like samurai, film. but yeah. minus um, what's his face, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise. But like you know, it once and they were asking like you know, oh, if if it did become a movie, who would star as Samurai Jack? And he would, and he started listing off a couple of, like, Japanese actors. Like, he would want it to be very authentic and everything like that. So, so it, that was, like, one of my favorite panels just because it was really, so they only just had the moderator and the uh, creator. So there wasn't, you know, a bunch of people. Um technically it worked great i think they were just like on a video chat um sort of thing so there was just two windows and then like the highlight was just like talking with a a coup in the uh chat just he was so interactive he was talking to everybody um he was answering stupid ridiculous questions he was answering (laughs) some like good questions and stuff too and even watching some of like because, you know, the main thing was kind of like the sell the video game a little bit too, because at the end of the interview, they had, again, yeah. more gameplay and stuff like that. And like right. the video game looked kind of interesting. They have a Japanese um, uh, production uh, creating the game and everything like that. And um, it does look like they've put a lot of effort into it. So, you know, they did really well on that, but like, it was a lot of good information. Um, right. and the interaction was there and everything along those lines. Um, yeah, that was definitely the highlight of, of the con for me was that particular one. That was a little bit later on Saturday. That was around like 9.30. Because yeah. um, I'm... Well, well, were you finished with Thursday? Sorry, I hijacked. Oh, no. Uh, well, so the only other thing on Thursday was they did a... Um a summer showdown for best uh, show for, mm-hmm. for what they were doing on Saturday. Um, it came down to Aqua Teen Hunger Force versus Rick and Morty. Which one do you think won? Rick and Morty? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, surprise. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had two pr- two of the people who had predicted it on um, that one of them was uh, 55 and 0 and the other one was 54 and to 1. Yeah. Uh, which, that's an insane amount of prediction. That... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um for for how a a thing like that goes especially with with teams that large they basically yeah. had four different quadrants hmm. um but yeah rick and morty won surprise <laughs> that, that was the last thing on thursday okay. um but yeah no I, I i really hate that i i missed the um the samurai jack showcase now but uh but just because you said like the chat was so lively but i feel like a lot of that has to do too with the panelists actually taking part in the chat because a lot of the things that I watched, they weren't really like the moderators were funneling chat to people, but they weren't really. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like the, um, the, I guess new Aku wasn't actually moderating. They definitely had some other moderators and stuff like that. He was just yeah. like having a fun time, just answering ridiculous questions, you know, being his ridiculous Aku self and stuff like that. And he was actually answering legit questions because Aku yeah. has a very like deep voice. So somebody asked yeah. him like, oh, does it hurt to sort of like 
continuously do that a coup voice and he was like no nah, it actually you know um i got used to like doing it so he answered questions both you know as the voice actor of a coup and as the character of a coup so <laughs> so that was cool but yeah and then on friday um i'm not sure if you ended up watching it but i watched the uh, costume contest i did so okay. so the thing about so, that, yeah. that was really cool to me is um it, like you could tell that they did some of it pre-recorded and then some of yeah. it yeah and i i actually like that i like that they did yeah. um it as a mix um because they did like the whole um going through the process of like you know getting a winner and stuff like that and apparently the way that they did that was they put out some um some of the pictures on their Instagram and let yeah. people vote through Instagram. Um, because it definitely seems like they were trying to hit all sorts of different media sources, um, like Twitch, Instagram, things along those lines. Right. Um, but yeah. So the, the judges for it seemed interesting. They, they, um, cause they had two moderators. Um, one of the judges I'd never heard of, but I, some of her photos, like I was like, Oh, I've, I've seen that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh before like i just didn't realize it was her because she wasn't in cosplay but uh kira please was the the cosplayer that was one of the judges and then they had master shake himself dana snyder judging which i thought was hilarious because yeah oh you don't like him no no i i think he's fine i think that they definitely ran into a couple of uh technical issues and stuff like that like yeah the recording and everything um i i just i don't know i i felt like he didn't he wasn't as lively as he normally is but you know that might have yeah i mean it could also be too though that they they asked him to do something he was just like sure i'm not doing (laughs) maybe yeah i'll sit in on this but like otherwise have no interest in cosplay (laughs) yeah um, but the cosplay was actually pretty cool. There were a lot of really good um, cosplay people that. Um, I, yeah, I really liked that they um, because basically the way it shook out is that they had um, three submissions for each category. Yeah, um, and then four categories. So they had like, um, I guess we can just go through the, um, around the home, which or around the house where it was just costuming from around the house yeah um which i thought was funny but uh i i didn't recognize two of the one ones in there um, oh, which ones uh the ones that were not carl okay so there was carl there was um one from i think um Vent- not venture time um venture brothers, venture brothers? yeah okay and yeah then- no i I well, you know, I I don't know if you remember, but Dragon Con several years ago, I uh, I cosplayed as Carl, and I was like, man, I should have done mine. I actually have his gold medallion sitting somewhere in a box. <laughs> yeah, and I do like that it was cross uh crossplay too. Yeah, I did like, like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Carl won that one. Uh, free for all, which was just any tsunami show, um, or any any Cartoon Network show or Adult Swim show. Mm-hmm. Um. So the the people that were competing were someone did a Tom from Toonami robot, yeah, which was actually really cool. Like really cool because um, like armor is hard to do. 
Yeah, especially like fabricating something like that and mm-hmm. making it look as stylized and and blown out as as Tom is. Yeah. Um a crossplay of Dr. Roxo. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, which was, was pretty that, funny. <laughs> yeah. That V cut was pretty deep. <laughs> it was yeah, it was very deep. Um <laughs> the uh the winner though was the couture aku where someone had designed a couture yeah. dress in the form of aku which that i now really realize cool. you actually knew exactly who that like i knew peripherally who aku was but i wouldn't have been able to describe him <laughs> yeah it was super cool like yeah no uh, the, the dress was super cool the, yeah. the um the 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 cosplayer made mm-hmm. which it, it, it blows my mind that someone is able to creatively yeah. come up with something like that that's not exactly a costume but it's got enough of the elements that you know what it is because like she had this uh i guess a hat or part of part of the the um outfit was aku's face on a very stylized like head ornamentation yeah. <laughs> um so yeah that that that's the costume that won the free-for-all um they had a special category for rick and morty probably because there's a lot of people that like it yeah like just the sheer numbers would swallow the other categories i think yeah um (laughs) they had uh a mecha snowball uh, which was kind of cool like again that was my favorite of the um it's yeah. it's hard to like do armor again. Like you really have to like mold cast that stuff, and it's yeah. yeah. Um, they had Scary Terry, which is kind of a Freddy Krueger ripoff. I, I know you don't really watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, um, but and I, then they I kind had... of know like some of the characters. So yeah, I mean, I um, I've only seen the first like two or three seasons because when I was getting my monster of a leg tattoo done like in Mm -hmm. one setting i was able to watch all of those seasons because it was a really long session (laughs) and the the artist found out that i had never seen it so he's like oh let me let me pop it on the big screen for you (laughs) he just went to hulu and started playing it i was just like oh okay Okay. i like this show now okay (laughs) um and then the uh the winner for this category i will admit was cool but i my favorite was still mecha snowball yeah rick emerging through a portal but it was a ball gown so that the skirting made up the uh the the portal that he's yeah. leaping through which, which i thought really was pretty cool idea. i thought yeah. that was very creative and they um the girl also had um drawn like the animation lines on her face which yes. i always think is a, a really cool like concept I've seen a yeah, lot of people like do Borderlands and stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. I've I've seen yeah. people do Borderlands cosplay. And since it's like cell shaded, a lot of people do those like uh cell lines and everything, um, just to like, you know, show off a little bit more um I guess depth. So it was kind of cool that uh, she was uh added that to it. It made it look, I guess, more authentic. Exactly. Yeah, and then the fan pick, maybe you can shed some light on this. I was not at all familiar with the show that this was from, um, but mm-hmm. this was the fan pick from Instagram was The Warden. Yep, that from Super Jail. Uh, uh, Super Jail was actually 
um, a lot of people said that it's the show that kind of led to like the creation of Rick and Morty and everything. Um, just because really, yeah, because it's very wacky, not wacky, but it's very weird and out there. Um, okay. It's even, I guess, more out there than like Rick and Morty and everything. Um, so huh. Super Jail is like this very like fluid, weird animated style. Like, um, I'm sure you've seen some of uh, Adult Swim's promos where like there's, um, I, I guess, going through like a mouth and like a face and like the face like melting off and things along those lines. Do you know what I'm kind of talking mm-hmm. about? Um, yeah. So it had that ver- that animation style. And it was like this jail in this different dimension that housed all of these like criminals. And um, it just, it played with like gender roles. It played with like different animation style. It was very huh. like weird and out there. It threw like crazy ideas. Um it was very psychedelic. Um, it, it was it was a more extreme version than Rick and Morty, but it didn't have that like nihilistic, um, I guess intelligent, not intelligent, but like nihilistic. Um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, it, where it, it didn't, didn't it, it didn't, didn't smell its own farts. Yeah, it didn't have the fan base that lacked. Well, it's not the fan base, but like it didn't. Um... Oh, I mean, Rick and Morty is known for having a certain fan base that. Yeah, but like it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't trying to be smarter than what it was. Like it knew that it was a not a silly, like crazy sort of thing. It just it knew that it was like, just a cartoon. It was a very weird cartoon. Yeah, it was yeah. A, something that was just strange and intense but like the thing was um i believe that you know a lot of people credit it for paving the way uh for rick and morty just because it had like those weird concepts and it was just like it really uh pushed the envelope uh like what um what exactly animation could do so okay well yeah i mean i i was unfamiliar with it mm-hmm. um it's it's very weird it only has like a couple of seasons but like watch an episode or two and and uh, okay yeah definitely let me know what you think of it yeah well um yeah and and uh at the the end of of everything they they pit all four of the the winners from their respective categories against each other and the overall winner was Kotura aku yeah, which was super cool. Um, I did enjoy like sort of their talk about. So that was all pre-recorded, but then yeah. when they actually interviewed the winner, that was live. Yeah, they brought her on live in costume, so that which, was the live portion of the show, which was cool. It was. It was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, it was kind of funny because there was, I guess, one technical issue that happened where uh when she was talking she had like a background um and i think she moved her head piece because it was very large and it knocked down her background so you could sort of see like her workspace but like that workspace was really cool 
I mean, that's the type of workspace I would envision for someone who's making cosplay costume that she made. Too. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. The cosplay in general, but uh, like at the level that they're doing it, but like also the, the type of cosplay she's doing, that's, that's about what I would expect. Yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> wish that she didn't have the backdrop because like, I was interested. In I would sort rather of, see the shop. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, sort of see like the shop and everything, like see her sewing machine, see like, I guess the other costumes that she had in the works and whatnot. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was but really the, the cool. Like section was really cool. Um, yeah. I, Though I, it's just, it was interesting because like, I, I didn't feel like a lot of people were, again, the interaction was just kind of a little bit lacking. Well, it also had the lowest views. Yeah. That I noticed of the the things that I watched, mm-hmm. um, and it it could just be that that you know the Adult Swim fan base is not really like there's a specific set of people who are interested in cosplay within that. Yeah. That large- now, the thing um, was, this only took um, I think a half an hour, so they actually ran it twice. Did you? Which see I thought that? was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing was, um, because right after the cosplay stuff was the Rick and Morty stuff. So a lot of like, I guess, Rick and Morty fans started, uh, pouring in to the uh, chat and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Which again, goes back to, look guys, you can like a show, but don't build your life around a show. Yeah. And again, like, you know, I don't want to like get into like you know you do what you enjoy doing like no judgment there but like you know it's if other people are trying to enjoy stuff too like just don't be super obnoxious i mean that's yeah that's that's the tendency i was talking about earlier is the the fan base that doesn't understand that rick is a villain and so they model their 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 uh, sense of humor and lifestyle around someone who is obviously a nihilistic <laughs> villain. Yeah. Anyway. Everything. But yeah, that's that. Yeah. The, the second. I don't want to get it, too much into this. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I, but, but like you, you were saying though, the second viewing of it, once the Rick and Morty fans started pouring into the comments was not like the comments started becoming very toxic very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of, it kind of sucked a little bit too. I guess people who had the previous um viewing of the cosplay contest started like spoiling it but like yeah yeah it i don't know anyway i mean that's what happens when you air something back to back like that is you're gonna have people who are like (laughs) i'm going to spoil this (laughs) i'm going to spoil this entire thing for people who were but again like i'm being very nitpicky (laughs) and stuff like that so yeah but um i will say i did end up like so the next um, panel was the Rick and Morty panel. Uh, did you end up because I it it uh, I guess played like right after because the cosplay was at seven. Um, the cosplay stuff ended at seven thirty. They reran it for another half an hour, and then the Rick and Morty stuff was at eight. Now yeah. I'm not like a super big fan of Rick and Morty, but I was sure. like, oh, you know, I'm already here. Why why not like take a watch and sort of see like you know what what this is all about 
Well, did so you watch you, the entire thing? I did. Um, now I bowed out after like halfway through. Oh, you did. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So, I mean, it was largely a clip show. Like they were showing some some uh, teasers for season four, and then they they season did five, a, I think. Or season. F- yeah, I didn't write down the season. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which whichever season they happen to be on, um, yeah. the one that's coming up, um, and then they, yeah, season five. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, they they did a sizzle reel from season four, and then they did teasers from season five. Um, and because they had the voice actors there, they focused on, you know, Beth, Jerry and Summer because they had, uh, yeah. Sarah Chalk, um, Chris Parnell and Spencer Gramer there. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had Dan Harmon. He was the guy sitting in the closet with his Emmy, like you said. Yeah. And it um, was strange because like, maybe I don't remember him, but like, did he have a giant beard? Like... Did he grow no, 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 no. That's, um, that's a quarantine thing. So quarantine. I, I used to listen to his podcast before he he stopped it. Mm-hmm. Um, and every now and then I would like check in on Instagram because I, he, he, so he's engaged, I think, to um, uh, a, a writer for, God, a, a variety of different things. Um, but like she'll post things online every now and then that make its way over to my Instagram feed because I follow people in common. And so when they like something, it like pops up in my feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's just like a quarantine beard where he's just like, well, I don't have to like be presentable or anything. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. I just never remembered him having that big of a beard to when when I saw him and then again, like I'm not super familiar with uh, Rick and Morty or like the creators. I was like, didn't you not have a beer at one point in time? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, he was funny. He, yeah. He, I mean, it's funny. He, he, um, he's, he's a very good writer. Um, but like you said about the Rick and Morty show smelling its own farts, like he can also <laughs> be kind of, pretentious Pretentious, and lofty when it's like okay dude you you're you're writing a cartoon that (laughs) like let's let's not put on airs or anything but the bit with the emmy i think was funny um, yeah and it was interesting like oh sorry oh uh yeah for for people that weren't able to watch there was a, a a point where like the emmy was positioned right behind him (laughs) yeah like almost out of frame like it was half in frame and then somebody like you know pointed out oh so you're in like the closet because like some of the other people were like oh you know we're in our like professional i don't know you know well like sarah has a lot of voice acting like she has a recording booth at home yeah like a lot of voice actors too so she was obviously in that because she had like the, the blue like egg crate foam (laughs) yeah like the eggshell stuff yeah yeah um and it was it was interesting because he did talk about um i guess like writing a new season via like zoom and everything or you know video chats so it was kind of interesting like hearing that side of like production like you know it's good that they're still putting out stuff and it's good that they're you know still writing and things along those lines 
And it sounds like, you know, from what he was talking, um, that they were able to, um, I guess, be more productive because, again, you know, it's via voice chat, so you can't really, like, go too much off of tangents, though we definitely go off of tangents. Yeah, well, I mean, we're also not writing 100 episodes of a show <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh well I, I i did think it was interesting like you were saying when he was talking about the production side of it um what he was saying about you know like with with during pitch sessions y- you get rid of your ego very quickly because not everything you say translates to yeah. being said over a voice chat and so get ready for a lot of silence <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you know as what we're experiencing getting uh over talking over each other <laughs> exactly I know yeah, that, you know, yeah. i'm on either side to yeah mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah it's not so, like where you can like pitch and then like respond to the person immediately because you can see they're done speaking <laughs> yeah yeah and you know they're occasionally a delay but i actually tapped out like one, I tapped out when, like, the chat devolved into, like, one-liners. Like, you know, when people were yelling out Pickle Rick and Rub-a-Dub-a or whatever. Rub-a-Dub-a-Dub. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was just like, eh. And then when they started talking about, like, season four, I haven't seen any of season four, so, like, I didn't get anything. Yeah, I mean, they... um. So that's when I kind of tapped out. I was like, all right, this is... I'm, I'm kind of done. <laughs> well, it, it was funny. I, earlier in, in the, I, I think it was this panel where, um, like it, it was the most, because it, like at the beginning, someone's mentioned something about being told to watch their language or whatever. And then, like, that was just not observed at all. It's like, yeah, they were it's a winning <laughs> show. It's your number one show. Like, you're going to let them do whatever you're going to do whatever they're going to do yeah. um, because i mean honestly what are the repercussions like the fcc isn't going to find them because it's on the internet um, yeah it's twitch i mean it's the twitch only thing, thing that twitch is yeah. going to do is either ban your account and you know it's adult swim a lot of streamers cuss so you know yeah it's... i mean they have the viewers to yeah back it up like that and even like you fine. can you can cuss on Twitch. Like, I've seen people cuss, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it was a silly rule, and it was just, it was good for me to, or it was funny to me to, to watch people get away with breaking the rules because their rules are dumb and should not be followed. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I, it was a good panel just because the people who work on it work closely together. And so they had a lot of interesting shared insights on, you know, working via distance Mm -hmm. at this point, which apparently a lot of voice acting is already, especially if you're not doing any of the writing or or have your hands in any of the writing. Um, A lot of it is just, here's the script. Okay. Record my lines, record them three or four different ways. And then set files to someone (laughs) (laughs) um but but yeah it was an interesting panel um i honestly did not pay any attention to the chat because 
that's what the chat turns into, especially with this, is people shouting out, like you said, Pickle Rick and Wubba Lubba Dub Dub and like yeah. lines from the show. And it's like, yeah, the writer's sitting there like. He knows that line. He, he wrote, wrote it. He wrote that line. Yeah, he more than likely wrote that line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then that was the followed up by the Samurai Jack showcase, which, like I said, I, I dipped out of you seem to highly recommend it yeah it was a lot of fun like if you can um i guess catch it on their uh archives if they end up archiving these uh which i hope they do because like i i did enjoy the the ones that i i sat in yeah i i would highly recommend that one um and then they followed up and this is the one that you needed a, a hardline connection for i i think um is uh, they did the summer showdown marathon for the winner of the summer showdown and that was a 12 midnight to 4 a.m showing of uh rick and morty yeah i think they did that on um didn't they do that on twitch uh i i mean it's possible like i i didn't stay up for that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because... I didn't stay up for that because so the thing was, and it kind of disappointed me a little bit. So on Saturday, because again, like I couldn't really get on anything or get to any panels on Thursday, so I was like, all right, I'll you know, I'll come to this thing on Friday and Saturday. And Friday again was you know it was good, but it definitely ended on like a high note with the Samurai Jack. So I was mm-hmm. looking forward to like going and doing the two panels that they had advertised on their website on Saturday. So the first one was sort of like, uh, they were, I guess, advertising it as a mystery. Yeah, as like, you don't know who's going to be, but you can ask your questions and stuff like that. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, And they have this like, uh, which I thought was really cool on their website where they had a link where you could tune in. So all you really had to do was go to their website, click tune in, and it would take you to their Twitch page. And yeah. I was thinking that this panel was going to be on Twitch. So I clicked on tune in and it took me to Instagram. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't really have an Instagram account. And like, I don't want to really create an Instagram account just to like, you know, yeah. see this and everything. So that was kind of disappointing because I, you know, I was interested to see who the uh, mystery person was. I never did find out oh, you never found out yeah do you know who it was <laughs> no i have no idea okay it's <laughs> like like i said i didn't do either thing on saturday um just because i i don't know meet meet and greets and like uh like i, I i'm gonna want to know the celebrity before i commit to sitting down for a meet and greet yeah um, like, I mean, there's probably a reason they kept it a mystery because they didn't have one lined up until <laughs> day of. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, knowing behind the scenes of how sometimes things work with cons. Yeah. Um, sometimes you're, you're scrabbling. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you are scrabbling. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, the, um, the, the meet and greet um, presumably went well because Instagram, I, I was looking there, their uh, Instagram account has a lot of followers. So I'm sure they had a lot of different interactions on there. Um, and then they had, did you see the Toonami edition? Uh, I think that was at midnight or something. Oh, was it? Yeah. So um, unfortunately I've become an old man. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I... so apparently what they talked about was 
uh, at least as far as what was on the website, because again, I, I didn't do this either, was uh, new show announcements and then behind the scenes with Blade Runner Black Lotus, which is a Crunchyroll Adult Swim production, mm-hmm. um, and also Uzumaki. Uh, and then they had a voice actor Q&A panel. Oh, cool. Um, which, yeah, I don't know why they called it Toonami Edition other than maybe because Blade Runner and Uzumaki are being shown on Toonami. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, that was uh, Adult Swim Con. Um, yeah, so all in all, I mean, on Friday, I had a, I had a fun time. So yeah. there, again, like, the thing was, you know, the interaction was definitely lacking, but, like, it was still nice to sort of, like, go to panels, listen to people and stuff like that. Um, right. There's definitely a, um, you know, a lack of interaction and especially since it was on Twitch, like you could talk to people, but like no one was really talking with each other. People were just kind of talking at each other, if that makes sense. Like, yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. So that was a little disappointing. Um, it was very interesting um, that it seemed like they had their um, their technology on point. Like, I didn't really see many um, technical like screw ups or anything along those lines there were a couple uh so like when they were transitioning between um the i think it was the robot chicken panel and the flying lotus one mm-hmm. it had to cut out for a second but they still had the the audio up and so you you basically heard production chatter uh, where people okay. Were like, okay run video blah 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 yeah um, like it, just talking back and forth on the the behind the scenes production of it yeah um, and i know that were, um like that but this is the first time they've done something like this yeah that's fine (laughs) i know that um the uh costume contest kind of had a little bit of um some technical problems just on like uh the pre-recorded stuff like kind of not being super in sync i I know the audio was a little off Um, the audio was off but i mean it wasn't off by like 30 yeah. seconds it was all yeah it wasn't anything little. that yeah. felt um you know breaking um but see that that interests me because like you know adult swim is a very big company and you know i'm yeah. sure that they tried their best to um make sure that all the technical things were um at least up to par it's going to be interesting to sort of see with a fan base like con sort of like dragon con i know that dragon con's not always been the best for like their technical prowess so i'm interested to sort of see like how they're going to fare with their digital con yeah i mean but i'm I'm interested yeah like i i because yeah and um that is one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, is uh, there's a couple of other conventions that are going on digitally this year. Dragon Con finally announced that they're canceling this year and doing digital only, which is good, um, which <laughs> I don't know or if they're going to have panels or if they're going to air. Um, like I wouldn't at all be surprised if they just aired segments and panels and stuff recorded from previous years, Maybe. like through Dragon Con TV. 
that yeah that where they don't actually they put anything yeah new yeah where it's not anything new but i mean they could very well have new stuff that remains to be seen but there's that and then there's also multiverse which the first year was last year um hmm. we weren't able to make it last year but just for timing reasons but um yeah they're they're going virtual this year as well so there's a there's a couple of other conventions going on this year um mm-hmm. that might warrant some coverage but uh yeah with dragon con it's up in the air because i don't know how much of it is new yeah, yeah yeah and it's interesting because i think they're going to try to like do stuff with um their vendors as well like I'm yeah not... comic-con is doing that this weekend um where it's like a virtual vendor hall where we're like I want to say the way it works is that you put in the code for the booth number, quote unquote, that you want to go to, and it redirects you to either a stream or a web page or a landing page or, or what have you. Yeah, um, that's definitely interesting. Like, you know, yeah, because I, I mean, then, then your how... vendors are missing out on because I like I know just from volunteer experience, there are a lot of vendors that a hundred percent require. Um, like their their cash flow for the year is based on conventions. Yeah. Um, I know that. Yeah, I used to work with um, anime um, anime depot. Yeah. And uh, their big thing was you know cons. They would hit up about like fourteen cons a year, which is crazy. But um, but yeah, hopefully they're doing well. I know that they have like an online kind of presence, so. So hopefully they're doing sales through there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's some, some other virtual cons. I, I was kind of sad because in my, my notebook of notes for, for conventions we go to this year, the only thing I had from 2020 was a Nacrocon. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. the one. And then it's like, oh, there's actually, people are actually doing things. It's just virtual this year. Yeah. Which, it's fine because like i feel like even though we didn't go to everything um you you would still be able to go to everything and theoretically mm-hmm. uh, in a virtual environment whereas like at a physical con you know there's six things or more going on at the same time so you miss out whereas yeah. when it's virtual unless they have different if they separate things out by track that's a different thing yeah <laughs> um which dragon con could very well do that um but yeah no it, it should be um interesting this year we'll have to see how far how, how much progress we make next year uh we we may still be doing virtual cons for a while who knows yeah. just as a society. <laughs> who knows but uh but yeah all in all um you know i would i would say that i do not feel like my time was wasted with adult swim con no Um, no i think um you know uh, and it being free is definitely a plus sorry yeah (laughs) yeah that's definitely nice with it being free and everything yeah um i do feel like you know i really got the most enjoyment out on friday because sure yeah yeah but um yeah i'm interested to sort of see how other people put their own kind of spin on it so yeah yeah okay well um yeah you guys can reach out to us at uh 
backrowsupershow at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, which is backrowsupershow, four separate words. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, hit us up. Let us know what your favorite um, digital con is or, <laughs> yeah. you know. What, I know um... HomeCon is pretty popular. They've already had two this year. So oh, cool. See if they, they do one every quarter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Let us know what your favorite digital con is and what we may be, uh, missing out on. Yeah. <laughs> or sleeping on as the kids say, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, hit us up there and, um, we'll, you know, th- this shouldn't cause any disruption in schedule. This should go up tomorrow. And then the following week, um, another episode will be out, which I think is the good omens episode that we recorded nice so enjoy that and Mm -hmm. uh yeah we may or may not be covering dragon con depending on on how we feel about it closer to the date (laughs) yeah but we'll definitely let you guys know yeah so uh all that being said uh we love you stay safe and wear your fucking mask yeah and make sure that you know if you don't need to go out just stay at home <laughs> All right, All right. see ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye.